that you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Can't stop me. I'm out of control. You are a rock star. All right, we did our time. Oh, yeah. I, oh, we're recording. Hi, welcome to Ghost House. I'm hey, Connie. And I'm Q. We've got a... Wait, what is a... Oh, man, I don't know words. I didn't go to school. I'm dumb. Oh, that's a good thing. This is a back to school episode. Oh, is it, Q? <laughs> Thank goodness. Maybe I can finally get in some of that book learning and learn how to read. That would be fabulous. I just need to learn how to say words better. You know, words are hard. They're so difficult. So, anything new going on with you right now? Going on, like... Just whatever. Oh, just whatever. I figure just, we uh, can kind of just this do, like, a quick update. Our update? Uh, no, just working a lot. We're done digging the koi pond. Oh, yeah, I saw your post. I made some beautiful handcrafted stairs. By handcrafted, I mean I dug them out with a shovel and padded them, and, like, they're pretty even, so you can step down. You can walk down pretty comfortably, Ooh. I think. And we got the tarp in and the liner. We just have to patch the liner so it actually fits because it's too damn big. <laughs> The hole is too big for the liner, so we have to... You dug it too big. (laughs) Yes, we were too ambitious. You got Um, a little excited there. Yeah, but it will be better. But yeah, I'm pretty proud of my engineering, my skills. That's fantastic. Yeah, but that's that's what I did, and I'm still in pain. Well, good. I can't wait to see the finished product. Yeah, I can't wait to swim with the fishes. Aw. Is it that big where you'll be able to, like, go in it? Is that why you put steps? Uh, yes, that's why we put stairs. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so awesome. Yeah, we swam in the last pond. It was hard to get out of. Well, cool. Yes, I think it's cool. What's up with you? Well, I started school today. Oh, my God, back to school. Back to school. I started today, so it's all aligning very well. It's, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's been, like, seven years, I think, since I got my associates. So my work's paying for it, and... Oh, that's the best. I don't have to pay anything. That, Uh. like... Here's the thing. So, like, we have, like, tuition reimbursement and stuff. But, like, then I have to, like, actually go to the school. Pay money. Like, pick out all my classes. They'll bill me. And then I have to pay for it out of pocket. Or, like, if I get my tuition reimbursement in soon enough, I'll have the money to pay for it. But more than not, I have to pay ahead of time. (laughs) And then they reimburse me. So it's like, nope, don't want to do that. So with this program, I just called the school. It's, like, totally set up through my work. They know who we are. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, cool. All we need is your high school transcript or your high school diploma and your college transcript to see what credits transfer. All I had to do was actually just send like my pay stub because they reached out to the schools for the other information and they got the info really quick. And then all of a sudden, all my classes were already picked out for the degree that I picked. Wow. Yeah. I had my orientation online. Super easy. It was just like a video I had to watch. Yeah, I start today, and you can, like, fast-track. Sorry, no one wants to hear this. We can cut it all out if you want, but, like, you can fast-track out of some courses, and I already finished one today, so, like, I have four credits already after my first day, so Well, it sounds like you're kind of a genius. I am a genius. (laughs) Meanwhile, me over here with my college degree from a college (laughs) that is not accredited anymore, so... Oh, my God, wait, when did that happen? Oh, probably a couple years ago. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit. I know people who go there now. That sucks. Really? Yeah. I didn't go to Columbia like every one of our friends. Oh, why did I think you did? Yeah, don't. Yeah, because everyone else of our friends went to Columbia. That's probably why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I went to the one next door, the shit school. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You are doing just fine. 
I'm fine. Everything's great. I'm just a dummy, panned. but that's fine. I don't, oh my I don't God, mind. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, on to more ghostly matters. Did anything spooky happen to you? Oh, well, uh, we finally hung up our TV, which is such a pain. But I keep psyching myself seeing things in those huge windows, but they're just reflections from watching the TV. (laughs) I'm like half paying attention and I see someone outside. I'm like, oh God. Oh no, it's just literally a reflection of Glow, season three on Netflix. So did anything spooky happen to you? I'm trying to think. It's funny because like every time something happens to me, I'm like, oh, I should remember this. And then I don't. You got to take a note. I mean, I still and I don't know. Again, I think it's just my fucking brain. I'm always in the kitchen and I'll be like making something and I'll think one of the cats is standing there waiting for like food but they're not. And I think it's more my brain or than me actually seeing something. But that is constantly happening. But they're probably there. I hope so. In my heart. They can't stop begging for kibble. <laughs> oh my god, Mojo. Oh, I can't. Not even death will stand in his way. <laughs> Your food? What food are you making? Could I have some of the food? <laughs> I want a food. <laughs> Give me the food. Oh man. But yeah, nothing really spooky. Cats, though. cats are the best, but also the worst. That's the truest statement about cats. Well, do you have any updates for us? Oh, those, yeah, I'm like, updates, no, okay, oh, you want the news. You do way better well, than me. You, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Q, my goodness. I did, but poorly. Spooky news, Q. Spooky news. The town of Paulding, Michigan would like some meddling kids to stop debunking their local ghost, thank you very much. Don't you know, people come from miles around to a dead-end road just outside of the town to see the Paulding Light, a super bright white light that appears on the top of a distant hill multiple times every night. The first recorded sighting of the Paulding Light was in 1966 when a group of teenagers reported the light to a local sheriff. Since then, a number of other individuals have reported seeing the mysterious light, which is said to appear nearly every night at the site. Although stories related to the light vary, the most popular legend involves the death of a railroad brake man. The legend states that the valley once contained a railroad and the light is the lantern of the brakeman who was killed while attempting to stop an oncoming train from colliding with railway cars stopped on the tracks. Another story claims the light is the ghost of a slain mail carrier, while another one says it's the ghost of an Indian dancing on the power lines that run through the valley. According to John Carlyle of the Detroit Free Press, one legend is that it is a grandparent looking for a long-lost grandchild with a lantern that needs constant relighting, the reason why the light seems to come and go. Sci-Fi's channel's Factor Faked Paranormal Files conducted an investigation and concluded the Paulding light was unexplainable. But then a bunch of nerds struck. Bunch of no good college having nerds from the Michigan Tech University chapter of the Society of Photo Optical Instrumentation Engineers. God, that's a mouthful. Wow. They used a telescope to examine the light and they claimed, hey, it's just car headlights, y'all. And the town collectively dumped the students' books and shoved them into their lockers saying, shut up, nerds. Our town's economy would collapse if people didn't come here to see these mysterious lights, nerds. Get the fuck away. So it seems like most of the town has uh, looked at the students' work and and said, uh, we're just going to ignore this. Yeah, go away. But even with the supposed debunking, people still visit Paulding on the reg. I should show you a picture of the light, actually. Way to ruin it. Like, why would they do that? Okay, I'm looking at it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a car. That's way too high. People who go up there who have heard that, oh, it's just car headlights, 
and they look at it and they go that's not a fucking car headlights what you talking about nerds so yeah i don't know that's not a car one it's too high yeah two, th- there's only one yeah there's also that <laughs> but i don't know science nerds and their lack of fun the legitimacy of the paulding light may be in question but another legend has recently gained some credibility we're flying across the atlantic all the way to scotland can you guess what i'm gonna talk about no why am i blanking maybe a lock nest oh monsters oh i don't know why i was like does it have to do with lights uh, no <laughs> it's like, just another that's legend why i was like that's why i was like i don't know okay yes of course yes okay yeah we're heading to Loch ness a uh, miss nessie yes yes nessie In June of this year, Mike Bell took a group of tourists for a trip on Loch Ness, like you do, running his sonar, like you do, when suddenly something popped up on the sonar that was way too big to be a normal species in the loch. The sonar picture shows the bottom of the loch, a big fish about 50 feet down, and at about 115 feet down, a mysterious object that's about 25 feet long. They circled back around but could not find the big blip again, which rules out an inanimate object like a log or something. This is the eighth official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster this year. Wow, that's just the news this year? and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, there's lots of sightings of Nessie, turns out. That's crazy. I guess I just never realized it was that common. But it's pretty cool. I like lake monsters. Me too. Well, that brings us to our new segment. <laughs> Ooh, I don't have any sound effects for it, but it's, uh, what do we decide to call it? Q's... Q's Paranormal Dictionary. (laughs) All right. So basically, it's just me looking up paranormal terms that I've never heard of and defining them on the show. So today's word is tephophilia. What the fuck, Ophelia? have you ever heard (laughs) this term? No, I have not. So it turns out, I have tephophilia. What? Because it is a passion for and enjoyment of of cemeteries. I fucking love me a cemetery. That's so true. (laughs) Cemeteries are pretty baller. So I think we both have tephophilia. I don't know if I'm saying that properly. Well, I don't know either because I've never heard of this, but probably a little bit. (laughs) I think it's it's pretty pretty accurate. I found a pretty cool, pretty old cemetery nearby my house when I moved in. How? Not when I moved in, but like a week after I moved in. I went for a bike ride, and I can't find it. It can't be that far. (laughs) And I don't know where I was. I was just randomly going around, and there was super old graves, and broken graves, and knocked over graves, and it was just like spooky as shit. I fucking love that. I love cemeteries. Dude, me too. It's my little goth heart. (laughs) (laughs) They're just so interesting. There's so much history. I also love to find like the oldest tombstone in the cemetery mm-hmm. and i love to see like what people wrote on the the tombstones like sometimes yeah. just like their names and their dates but sometimes like there's like a little just about their family or like a quote that they would have liked or it's kind of interesting it's fascinating dude there's this like amazing cemetery by my work that i just discovered there's like a bridge and there's hills and it's just beautiful ah if I ever actually wanted to get, like, buried somewhere, I think it would be there. Uh, that's the word of the day. Taphophilia. Taphophilia. Use that in a sentence around your friends next time, and, and they'll <laughs> think you're weird, but it's okay. Just tell your friends, I have taphophilia, and then see what happens. 
So, as we stated earlier, our topic today, or our theme for the day, is back to school. So, we've done haunted schools before, so we decided maybe like a haunted library. Because libraries are full of knowledge, and knowledge is great! Well, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what I always think of when I think of haunted libraries? Ghostbusters. Mm. The very first one. Yes. With that old woman, and all the books start flying out, and it's amazing. She just wanted, she just wanted to read her books and be a librarian forever, and then those right? rude-ass men had to come scream at her, even though she was like, shush, shush, shush. All right. As always, I don't know what's ever happening. Who's first? We're just going to go with you need to go first now. Okay. Well, then I'll go first now. Perfect. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of the Peoria Public Library. It's a very modern square and also a very haunted and presumably cursed building. Many unexpected deaths and accidents associated with the site remain unexplained to this day. But hauntings are not the only strange things that have happened in the library. In 1907, a school superintendent, Newton Dougherty, blew up a safe in the library to cover up his embezzlement of school funds. Damn, that's extreme. Yeah, but I don't think it worked because we know that he blew it up to cover up his embezzlement of school funds, so that plan just went (laughs) very much awry. Also, uh, in 1947, the library became part of a strange blackmail plot following the death of George P. McNear Jr. He was a railroad owner who refused to meet any workers' demands after the union came to town. So, you know, he was murdered. Uh, His (laughs) widow received letters instructing her to place $1,000 in a special drawer on the third floor in the library if she wanted information about who killed her husband. Which, dumb move, don't you usually blackmail the murderer to, like, not reveal the information? It seems like a backwards plot, and it did not work out for them because the widow went to the police, and the police were like, here, go put an envelope full of fucking paper in that drawer and we'll watch it. And they did, and they caught a father and son duo, Tony and Billy Gibson. They were arrested. They gave up the name of the murderer, but hey, they still went to jail for a very long time. I couldn't find out if they ever arrested the actual murderer because so many newspapers have paywalls and ad blocker blockers. But Mm. let's just assume that, yeah, they probably made this a priority because he was a rich man who was murdered by presumably union workers or working class people in general. So, but whatever. Why is this library so dramatically cursed? I'll tell you. It all started in 1830 with Mrs. Mary Stevenson Gray. A well-to-do woman whose brother up and died and left her with a son to raise. She did what she could, but her nephew was a wild child. Willful, disobedient, and often in trouble with the law. Mrs. Gray hired a fancy big-shot lawyer who was new to town to get her nephew out of trouble. Instead of feeling grateful and mending his ways, that little shit got into bigger and bigger scrapes, forcing Mrs. Gray to shell out more and more money to the lawyer. Eventually, the lawyer became concerned over payment and maybe was a bit of a scammer because he got the Grays to use their home as collateral for his services. Well, what do you know? The lawyer ended up suing them for the house. The nephew was kicked out. The lawyer was awarded the house, and soon after, the nephew's lifeless body was discovered floating in the Illinois River. Mrs. Gray cursed the property and all future occupants. The curse seemed to work, for after the lawyer assumed the property, nothing would grow on the very land where Mrs. Gray had cultivated beautiful gardens. It was when uh, the lawyer was living there where he saw the first ghost. It was Mrs. Gray's nephew banging on the door, begging to be let in. Damn. So, hold on. Yes. Did the lawyer kill him? Am I in following this correctly? He, I don't know. 
No, I don't think the lawyer killed him. I think maybe he just uh, was killed. Other criminal associates. He just okay. could not stop doing crime. He didn't need the crime. <laughs> he had a he crime addiction. Yeah, my strange addiction. <laughs> crime. crime. He crimed his poor aunt out of house and home. That's how hard he crimed. That's so much crime. That is a lot of crime. The lawyer seems shady because how do you rack up so many legal expenses that you have to put up a house and then... Well, that's why I thought maybe the lawyer was involved in some way because... I don't know. I feel like the lawyer was maybe involved in encouraging this kid to keep doing crime so he kept on getting more... (laughs) I mean, I... pretty sure mrs gray was like his first client because he was new to town and fresh out of law school so like if he kept on getting this old bag to give him money for this stupid little shit it just made sense like if he could keep encouraging this kid into like oh why don't you go to this over here i don't know but it's all lost in antiquity and in 1894 the city of peoria purchased the property where mrs mary gray once lived a library was built on that property though some debate exists if it was built exactly where the house was or maybe a little to the left because three lots were purchased for building the library so it's not entirely certain if it's actually where the house stood but it's fucking right there it's within a couple hundred feet at most so i don't see why there's a debate seems pretty stupid at any rate the first three directors of the new library died under unusual circumstances a sure sign the curse was working even beyond the existence of the house The first director, Erastus Wilcox, walked out of the library one fine day and was promptly struck by a streetcar and died. Oh, wow. The second, Samuel Peterson Prose, died from a massive heart attack while he was at a library board meeting. And the third, Dr. Edwin Wiley, committed suicide by swallowing arsenic. Oh. Yeah. Though all the directors are long gone, the first one, Mr. Wilcox... Well, he did have a very passionate fondness for the library. He was a huge library nerd. Even before it was built, like, he was so stoked about this library. He was involved in overseeing the construction. I don't know if he had any business overseeing the construction, but he definitely made it his business to oversee it. And, like, he was so excited about the library that he gave tours of it before it was even built. Like, when it was still under construction, he would bring people in and be like, this is this and this and this. This is where this is going to be. And, like, he was so excited he was a huge fucking nerd and he loves the library to this day because his ghost is seen quite often the original library was raised in 1966 and replaced with a new building but the strange activity did not subside since the rebuild employees have reported seeing the face of the first director um wilcox they've heard unidentifiable voices calling their name Ooh, <laughs> yeah There's uh, lots of cold spots. I think it's really interesting when ghosts use, like, current information. Because it's, I think we've discussed it before, where it's not, like, a repetitive type of manifestation or whatever. It's, like, it's, like, learning. Yeah, it's not, like, an echo. It's, like... Right. It's aware. Exactly. I do think there is a story. Yeah, there's some stuff that does feel like echoes. There are voices that, like, they just hear, like, murmuring and, Mm -hmm. like, hear conversations. They do have a lot of instances where people hear somebody saying their name when nobody should be saying their name. That's so crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you some personal accounts. A maintenance worker at night on the lower level. They were there alone, to the best of their knowledge. They put their keys into the maintenance room door, and then the hair on their arms stood up. And they turned around and saw not a person. It was a dark shape 
very blobular. The shape stepped into the elevator. The elevator doors weren't open. (laughs) They were closed. The worker was like, it didn't feel evil, but it was still fucking scary. And they'd lock themselves in the maintenance closet for like a half hour, just like called a friend and been like, just need to talk to someone who's like a live person because this is fucking weird. (laughs) Another worker was eating at the employee break room when a strange man in Victorian clothing walked up maybe 15 feet away from her and stopped. The employee was all like, sir, you're not supposed to be back here. Can I help you? He just tipped his hat to her and walked towards the auditorium. She followed him thinking, what's up with this weirdo? She goes to the doorway and no one was there. And they think that's Wilcox, the first library um, director. Based on like his attire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Based on his attire and his face, and there's pictures of him, so it wasn't that long ago, but it was, you know, a while. Another story. Two previously skeptical workers were working late, super late, like two o'clock in the goddamn morning late. They were by the reference desk when two of those rolling bookshelf, you know, putting books away, card things. Okay. They fell over one by one. Kabam! Kabam! Oh, the cards did? Yes, yes. Oh. And they're like, what? And then they started believing in ghosts, like you do. There's another story of a librarian alone in the basement when she hears the sound of a stack of books toppling over, she thinks it's on the floor above her. No one else should be in the building. So she goes upstairs to investigate, but no books are out of place. Uh, And in general, doors are said to open and close on their own volition. Lights, they are supposed to be off, turn on. They're supposed to be on, turn off, just doing whatever the fuck they want because ghosts do whatever they whatever they want all the time Mm -hmm. um ghostly faces sometimes appear in mirrors or glass surfaces which is super unsettling one man saw what he believes to be mrs gray he saw a woman with a really old-fashioned skirt and a black hat with a veil and he's like i swear it was the it was mrs gray the one who put on the curse well yeah she would linger to make sure her yeah her curses her curse is still alive and well (laughs) yeah y'all still feel unsettled and spooked good you deserve it motherfuckers let me drop this (laughs) book off this shelf like a cat or like a librarian was like she's like she's closing up she's reshelving all the books from the day she passes by a section she knows she already tidied up and there's a book laying on the table where she knows there was no books before Ghosts leaving books out, ghosts knocking over books, but then putting them back together again, ghosts knocking over carts. <sighs> it's a ragtag bunch of spooky uh, bullshit. <laughs> and that's my story. Wow. Cool story, Boo. Thanks, Boo. Now, I like that it's kind of local for us. Liz's yes. husband used to live in Peoria, so I'm going to have to ask him if he's ever been there. And he has ever been haunted there. And yes, he's had any experiences. There's something I wanted to talk to you about about that, but now I can't think. Oh no! Because the lag was too great. You couldn't. You couldn't say anything because no. I, I don't want to like interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can interrupt. It's fine. Ah, uh, it's okay. If it doesn't come to me now, it'll probably come to me tomorrow, and then I'll just have to tell you about it next week. Okay. Okay. So, funny story, I was going to do the Peoria Public Library, but then I was like... Probably I would do that because I'm lazy. <laughs> no, I actually didn't know if you would do it or not. I thought you might have been doing the one I did. Because it's Missouri? <laughs> I almost always do an Illinois ghost. So, I was like, I gotta, like, mix it up a little bit. 
and I was actually having a hard time finding information on it. So I'm glad you were able to find stuff on it that wasn't yeah, like to, the same source that I was finding. Yeah, like I had to go so many pages deep and find yeah. a, I found a book which was good. I found one old newspaper article about the death of the railroad guy. Oh good. Yeah. Cuz it was just cuz I wasn't clear in a lot of the the same information posted from website to website. It wasn't clear like if he had been murdered, why he would have been murdered. So like I mm-hmm. found that one newspaper from back in the day i'm like oh cool he was an asshole that's why he was murdered (laughs) (laughs) and like the story was super it was fucking ridiculous the way they were writing about how terrible union workers are they're like oh yeah these people want to be paid they want to be paid a full day's wage for working for several minutes that's how bad they are and this guy he worked his whole life so hard and he was so good and so brave and so strong and so he made so many jobs and i was just like what the fuck this is ridiculous my library is the blanche skiff ross memorial library um which is located i know right (laughs) It's so, it's such a weird name. I don't even, like... I, it's like three names. Pick a name. Right? Again, I started school and, like, I was trying to study and stuff. So, um, I did research, but, like, I feel like I could have dug a little deeper to get a little more info around the reasoning for the name, but I didn't. So, that's where we're at right now. But it's located at the Cadi uh, College. I don't know if that's how you say it. Cadi or Cate. We're going with Cotty. Mm. It reminds me of Cottage Cheese. Anyway. <laughs> Cottage Cheese College. <laughs> Cottage Cheese College. It's a fake college. It's for cute. women. <laughs> oh. It's, I guess, a women's only college in Nevada, Missouri. Oh, Nevada, Missouri. Yeah. I, I don't even know where that is. Do you know the area? I think it's south. It's got to be south. It's got to be south and west. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's pretty far west. Okay. It's just maybe slightly south of center missouri and very very west missouri okay so though the college is now surrounded by the town i guess during the civil war most of the land they believe was farmland of a confederate soldier and it's believed that the library sits on the site of the old farmhouse that was on that land after that the ammerman sanatorium was built in that same spot not a sanatorium. Right? It's always hauntings with that. God, they're always so fucking haunted. Right? It's so much death. So, of course, there were several deaths. And one of the deaths... <laughs> shocking. One of the deaths was of a music student, Vera... Or Vera Neitzert. So, her death is kind of interesting. She died from severe burns that she got from a candy-making incident. Time out. Back yep. up. No, no, <laughs> you no. You no, right. no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't read that. You read that to me, and I don't believe nope. it, because it sounds like fucking bullshit. Nope. So what had to happen... legend. <laughs> what happened was... What happened was... Vera was uh-huh. making candy in a, a chafing dish, which I didn't know what it was, so I looked a it up. It's basically, dish. is it chafing? Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it sounds wrong, because chafing so, up. Right. So I was like, anyway, I didn't know that's what they were called, but it's like the trays that you cook, you keep like food warm on with like the little burner under it. So she was cooking I didn't candy know. in there? 
Yeah, and I heard it was illegal to have those <gasps> in the dorm rooms for good reason. Yeah, it, oh, it's a reason is because maybe you can start a horrible fire and die. Fire. Her nightgown caught fire. I'm not sure what year. They think it was like the early 1900s because the school was built in 1884, so it would have been after that. So her nightgown was caught on fire, and then she died from all of the fire. What? And people people say she still walks the library and the campus. Did she pass out candy? You know what? I wish that were a thing. (laughs) So the hospital also housed the victims of another fire, which many people had died from. There's not a whole lot of specifics on where the fire was or if it was even on campus. So there's also a ghost of a previous teacher of the college who had committed suicide. There's not much more around that, just that there's the ghost that haunts the library. Things that have happened, books are falling from the shelves, book carts that are seen rolling around, so not being pushed over, just rolling through the aisles of the books. They see me rolling. Mm -hmm. They hate (laughs) it. And then there's mysterious music that plays from the back stairs. But there's also two girls in Victorian dress that can be found playing by the stairs. Ooh, like Mm -hmm. young girls or like... Yeah, I think so, because they refer to them as girls, so I'm thinking like... They refer to women as girls sometimes, so it's hard to gauge on like... But they're playing, so I... I, Yeah, playing makes me think that they're like young. Yeah. Legitimately. So I'm thinking like young girls. There's also an old man people see in a smoking jacket and a cap that stands on the balcony. And then there's a woman in a white gown who reads a book. So she's like a, she's a pretty calm, calm ghost. She just likes to sit out and read her book. I'm going to spend my time in this library just reading. That's just what I want to do. I actually hope it's just like this really extra person who's like, I just like Like to wear this fucking... Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a a living person who just does not want to put on fucking clothes. They just, I'm going to wear my nightgown. Fuck you. I don't care. Exactly. I'm covered. I'm decent. Get out of my face. Exactly. I'm just here to enjoy the library, which is a public service. Thank you very much. And everyone just thinks she's a ghost. Like, oh, I saw that ghost again. I'm not a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's mostly the library. I'm going to kind of go into the campus, too because there's a lot more hauntings on campus. Okay. So there is a ghost people refer to as the Black Spirit, which is, it's an elderly black man who people believe um, to be the ghost of a slave who lived in the area. He's often seen in Reeves Hall, which is a resident hall, and the ghost is attracted to women with dark hair, glasses, and who are music majors. Okay. (laughs) Now you may be thinking, wow, that's real specific. Yeah, it is real specific. As unlikely as it is, people think he's looking for Vera, who had dark hair, glasses, and was a music major. So I don't know how the two are connected, but people have their theories that he's looking for her, even though they died in like two different times. Two different times, right? Mm -hmm. She died probably after him yeah much after right because if he was a slave during the civil war that was like the 1860s yeah 1860s so like that that was he couldn't be a slave 
much past then because right. you know there was rules then mathematically hmm. <laughs> hmm. so this black spirit is often seen sitting on the ends of beds or in a desk chair if it's been left out people say that it is a violent ghost um and like i said they believe he's looking for vera so i have two personal experiences from students of the school this first one's a little long so just stay with me okay i'm leaving <laughs> too long <laughs> my roommate used to work alone at night in the costume department sewing costumes so just a little background i kind of took it out but this is in the building that vera had died in or that okay or, yeah and it's like really like run down and people just use it mostly for like storage and stuff like that so she said she never felt truly afraid but heard all sorts of odd noises she could not explain. It used to be that at 10 p.m., all buildings on campus went automatically onto a keycard system, and you couldn't get into any of the academic buildings unless you had a staff keycard. My roommate had such a card because of her job. I used to practice my flute in main hall at night in the practice rooms. It was often dark when I departed, and I had to walk past Rosemary Hall, so that's the place where the costume stuff is held. One evening... As I was walking back to my dorm around 10.30, I heard the faint tinkling of piano music coming from Rosemary Hall. There were no lights on in the building, and I knew that my roommate wasn't working late that night. I hurried back to the dorm to tell her about it. She said the only piano in the place was located on the third floor, and that it was a very old piano that was barely in working order, and no one ever played it. She also said that she had left the building not more than 15 minutes prior, and no one else had been in the building. Bum, 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 bum. The next evening, me and some other girls in our suite decided we would go to Rosemary Hall and go up to the third floor. We snatched my roommate's key card and let ourselves into the building. More illegal activity. <laughs> um, it was... <laughs> It was as dark as... Did they make their ants lose their homes, too? (laughs) Don't do crime. Your aunt is going to be homeless. Right? She's going to curse a whole bunch of people. So it was as dark as a stack of black cats, and we only had one little tiny flashlight. (laughs) Dark as a stack of black cats. I know. I don't understand that. Anyway. It was super dark. What's the darkest thing you can think of? I don't know. A stack of black cats? I don't know, the dark. (laughs) God, was this like a theater major or something? Something super dramatic. So huddled together, we made our way to the second floor, listening to the groans of the creepy building. We were giggling nervously and grabbing onto each other out of fear. God, they sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bunch of me's. We made it to the steps leading to the third floor when we heard a huge crash coming from above. All of us screamed in terror and turned to flee in the darkness, making it down the steps without, without, um, barely touch, without our feet, wait, this, she can't type. I read this several times before, too, and I thought I got it right. So basically, they barely touched, their feet barely touched the floor. Yeah. That's how quickly they were running. Yeah. But she worded it terribly. Anyway. When our hearts started beating again, one of the girls decided she was going back up to see what was going on. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Another girl decided to go with her, but the rest of us had had enough and went back to our dormitory. When the two girls returned, they said that something creepy had happened, but wouldn't say exactly what it was. She Even goes to on this to day, say, they won't say? Come I on. I guess not. Oh, it's like um, being ghost blocked. I hate it. <laughs> then she goes on to say that Rosemary was torn down. I lived in southeastern suite on the third floor. At night, we would lie in bed and can hear heavy scraping sounds across the attic floor above us. That's Ooh. fucking fucked. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. We tried to get up into the attic to see what was going on, but were always shooed away by the cleaning lady, whose closet was the entrance to the attic. I don't understand that, but whatever. Oh, her cleaning closet, probably. Whatever. In our suite, we had things flying off dressers without any warning, too. One night, a bunch of us were stupid and decided to play the wedgie board in the suite. Oh, the wedgie board! (laughs) Uh, We kept getting visited by the spirit called Doza. Doza. She made some... Ooh. Right? I like it. She made some pretty harsh remarks about what would happen to us. Oh. I got agitated and never played the we... The, uh... (laughs) The wedgie board? The wedgie board. I couldn't remember the wrong word. (laughs) They supposedly made contact with several different spirits after that. Indeed, the whole area around Nevada, Missouri, is alive with paranormal energy. We used to go out and drink at a bridge called Witch's Bridge. Cool. I want to go there. Yeah, let's go to Witch's Bridge immediately. How many? <laughs> I okay, want to go to Witch's Bridge. Tuck to Nevada, so, Missouri. So many hours. This bridge was way out in the middle of the country. One night, it was my turn to be the designated driver, and so I sat sipping my soda, and watching my sweet mates stumble around. It wasn't long before I needed to relieve myself, so a friend and I went a short way into the woods. Suddenly, a huge crashing noise tore through the timber. It sounded like a very large and angry thing that wanted us to know that it was there. It was thrashing and crashing, and we screamed and ran back to the fire. Or it was a deer. (laughs) It was a big, dumb thing. We were startled by you coming into the woods. It was a ghost bear. (laughs) Oh, a ghost bear. (laughs) Shit. They're lucky they didn't get ate. So we went back the next day to look for broken branches, but there weren't any. The legend of the bridge includes the unceremonious hanging of a couple of witches many years ago just a few other stories and then there's one more personal story so one night i was working on a history paper at about 1 a.m and had some music playing oh this is a different person by the way okay um some music playing softly in the background all of a sudden i saw the volume dial on my cd player turn and the music turned up a little yep that's my jams (laughs) at the ghost (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I went and turned it down, then resumed working on my paper. You don't fuck with that. Don't do it. Don't. Don't. Right? The ghost wanted the music louder. You leave that music louder. You just leave it. Why are you doing this to yourself? Don't fuck with ghosts. Yeah. What happened next? Tell me. Because it's probably bad. <laughs> Soon after, uh-huh. the dial turned again. Oh, shock. <laughs> <laughs> what? Only the volume increased to at least twice what it had been the first time. That's what you get. You don't see. It could have yeah. been just a little bit louder, but then you had to go fuck with the ghost. Nope, but it, they're going to fuck with him again. It no. Tur- I turned it down and ran yeah. into the suite to tell everyone what was happening. As soon as I did, the volume turned all the way up. It was mm-hmm. blasting. Yeah. Nobody was in my room, and all of my suite mates witnessed it happen. Uh-huh. I usually never see anything, but I did feel the spirit exit my room. 
It brushed past me on its way out into the suite area, lifting the bottom of my pajama pant leg. One girl is sure it's a, a ghost they call Tuxman, a Tux nice man. old man who likes a little attention now and again. I don't know. Maybe he wears a tux? A nice old man who likes a little attention? Uh, no. <laughs> He lifted her pajamas. That's that's not nice. Either that night or another night, I was trying to sleep and felt as though someone was watching me. It was an unexplainable feeling of flattening claustrophobia and fear and darkness. I could hardly move. It felt like the pressure in the room was increasing. The only way I could describe it is a demonic or wicked presence. And then one last experience they had. Another time I was asleep and my roommate was writing a paper. She woke me up, so this one's creepy. I'm Uh-oh. just warning you. Uh-oh. She woke me up at about 2.30 a.m. and told me she'd seen a ghost crawling around on the rug on the floor. Ah! The ghost she described was a girl in a long white nightgown, dripping wet, pacing back and forth on the rug. She was bent at the waist and looked as though she was searching for something. We didn't sleep in that room for several nights after that. We think she is the girl who was frequently found haunting the showers in the bathroom. I don't like that either. No. Leave me alone in the shower, please. I've got a regular Moni Myrtle up in here. There's a story about a girl giving a birth in our sweet bathroom in the mid-20th century. Apparently, she died. There are other stories about Reeves Hall, especially the basement, which have several witnesses. Doors slamming, echoing voices, and giggling in the old typewriter room in which a girl accidentally hung herself during an underground society initiation ritual. And there are several tales about New Mech Suite in particular, which is the suite that they were staying in. Well, God (sighs) damn. (laughs) And that's my story. What an adventure. I'm sticky to it. Cool story, boo. Thank you. (laughs) What the fuck? That last one really creeped me out. Yeah, I don't like ghosts crawling around. That's not... No. mm. Don't be all weird. Just, you know... Don't be a weird ghost. Be a ghost who quietly reads books and nods at people. And And tips their hat at you. Yeah. (laughs) Be a chill ghost. It's fine to be the ghost who cranks up the volume. Like, yeah, if they're going to be rude and go, oh, listen to it this loud. Yeah, cool. But then don't lift up their nightgown or their fucking pajamas on the way right? out the door don't be a weirdo about it yeah Just be a chill ghost come on ghosts <laughs> that we was made fun. it yeah we did we got it <laughs> we're we just gotta get our uh recommendations recommendations uh you got the recommendation should i recommendation something why don't you go first okay my recommendation this week is I recommend a film with all the back-to-school drama, but none of the homework. Battle Royale. Ooh, I love that movie. Yes, it's a Japanese dystopian thriller thriller film where teenagers in Japan have apparently gotten too unruly. So lawmakers came up with the BR Act. Every year, a class of middle or high schoolers is selected to fight to the death until one survivor is left. It's like Hunger Games, before Hunger Games. And the kids are all from the same class, so they already know each other. There's best friends, crushes, frenemies, enemies. Some people try to outsmart the system. Some try to win. They make alliances. They break alliances. It's wild. I love, and I really love the random weapons (laughs) the kids get. 
they all, all get their own special weapon. Right. Weapon. Some of them are weapons, like knives and guns. Some get useful co- tools, like bulletproof vests. And some get shafted, like Potlid Kid. Oh, Potlid Kid. <laughs> yeah. That's what just, I would end up getting, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, but it's a it's great, super campy, super dramatic, and fucking weird. I love it. I loved it. I thought it was very good. Okay. First of all, great recommendation. Thanks, Secondly, <laughs> <laughs> my recommendation is The Faculty. <gasps> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I don't have the description. I'm just going to give you my description. <laughs> oh, that's my description. I just wrote it down and I read oh, okay. it back terribly. <laughs> so the faculty stars Elijah Woods, right? He's in that, that. Yeah, Frodo. <laughs> yeah, Frodo. And then Josh Hartnett's in it. And who I'm so in love with. Zeke is probably one of my favorite characters from like Ever 90s. <laughs> huh? From Ever in Life. From ever in life, you're right. Yes, yes. Good, I, know. I don't know. I was just very attracted to him, especially in high school. Anyway, so it's all about how, or no, it starts with the faculty. The teachers start acting super weird, and basically, they're like, "Oh my god, our school is being taken over by aliens," aliens. and it's amazing. I know you hate aliens, I but hate aliens. it's so fucking good. It was just such a good movie. I don't know. Yeah. And there's this one scene where Josh Hartnett rips the blade off of a paper cutter. Do you remember those paper cutters? Yes, I do. Yep. Mm -hmm. He rips the blade off of one, and I'm just like, my heart. I'm so attracted to you right now. You're so strong. (laughs) So strong. So attractive. Anyway, (laughs) watch it. It's super good. I loved it. Sounds good to me, boo. I know it's not ghosts, but it's... Whatever, it's horror. Paranormal. Also, the whatever. Battle Royale is not ghosts either, but it's like... Ah, good point. <laughs> like, there's but lots they probably become ghosts, just yeah. not in the movie. Well, I think that, that just about does it for us today. I think you are correct. Request, if, you, if any of our listeners have been to either the Peoria Library or uh, Cottage Cheese College... <laughs> Uh, let us know we'd, if you had any personal experiences there. We'd love to hear about them. And you can send those personal experiences to our email, which is theghosthose at gmail.com. Yes, and you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those social media places. We are the Ghost Hose wherever you can find us. That's where we are. That's who we are. Also, we're on Spotify now. Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify. We're super fancy. Listen we, to us there and bump yeah. us up the Spotify chart. Please bump us up. So, so you that can when find you us search easier. for us, we will pop up immediately and not semi-immediately. Yeah. <laughs> That's our goal. These, like, you search for the ghost host, neither hose nor ghosts pop up first. It's mm-hmm. very rude. I don't understand. What is I our algorithm? Get it, get it so. together, Spotify. Chop, chop. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess we have to do that thing we do. Bye, Booz. So the Peoria Public Library sits on the corner of Monroe and Main Street in Peoria. 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 God damn it.
Peoria, Illinois. Pariah, Illinois. Oh, God damn. Words are so hard. 